0: Hello and welcome to Delving Into Draft. My name is Craig and I'm one of your hosts. Joining me this week is... Steve! This is episode 19. Now let's do a round of how to get in touch with us. Our main protocol is delvingtodraft.tumblr.com We're also on Facebook as Delving Into Draft. Our email address is divingintodraft@gmail.com. And finally, I'm on Twitter as ravak underscore r-a-v-a-k underscore News! You make the card is making a comeback. You, Woohoo! A few been involved in You Make the Card in the past? I have not been involved, Craig, but I have heard of it. So you make the card for, as this has been called, which is the fourth time it's been done, um, is kind of exactly what it says in the tin. The community is collectively getting to design a magic card, and um, previous examples of this are Forgotten Ancient, Vanishing to Memory, which was in Cold Snap, and Crucible of Worlds in Mirrodin, which is a very... Uh, it's a played card in modern.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's combos up nicely with a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. So these do make cards which are worth playing. And yes, the community is getting to, uh, collectively design a card. It's not like one person's randomly getting picked and they can create whatever they want for undoubtedly something broken would be created. Um, now if you go on the main magic website, uh, dailymtg.com will specifically get you to the correct page. There is a you make the card for link there. And at the bottom, there is presently a poll. We're getting to currently vote on the card type. Now, we've got to try some artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or combined incident sorcery, because you can kind of work out what they should be based on mana cost and what they do. Planeswalker is not here, because Planeswalkers are a bit too complicated to design. So, um, no custom Planeswalkers for us, I guess. But still, we're going to be able to create practically anything else. Have you uh, placed your vote yet, Craig? I have, but I I am not entirely sure what I picked now. <laughs> I either went for creature or land, but I can't recall. I went for land. I went. What, any particular reason
1: you went for land?
2: Uh, just because looking at the previous cards that
0: had been done, a land wasn't among them. Yeah, we've had an instant creature and artifact. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was that, my, my reason. Right, I picked land because land seemed to be. Lands seem to be the cards you use the most. Like, you buy shock lands, they're going to be used a lot in your decks from here on out. You buy yourself some random creature, it's not necessarily going to make your decks from here on out. Like, you know, you kind of always need land. Yeah. And I figure if we're making a good land, then it's, practically, it's going to be playable with a lot of things for many years.
2: Yep, yep. D- did you find that the, uh, the wording of the article influenced your picking at all?
0: I did not,
2: but like having read of it, do you think? Do you think the uh, the wording kind of makes you want to lean towards picking a land, just the way it's presented? I don't know. You may have
0: to point out specific phrases, which I mean, I didn't feel influenced in any particular way beyond mm-hmm. the fact that, I mean, like you said, I did kind of look like there was a creature, an artifact, in an instant, and I thought, and, and yeah. then also the land, just because it will kick around for quite a while. Right, okay, so so,
2: so in, the, in the article it says, uh, our first vote will be on what type of card we're making. Here are the choices. Artifact and then the description is, these colourless permanents represent powerful magic items. Fair enough. Creature. These spells summon magical monsters or people who battle on your behalf. Enchantment. These spells remain on the battlefield warping the nature of the conflict. Instant or sorcery. These spells have a single effect and go in the graveyard. We've collapse these two options together for now, Uh, if these types win, we can decide whether the cards are associated later in the design process. Mm -hmm. Land, right? It's like, these cards lay the foundation of a deck's mana base. (laughs) Lands have special abilities that are deceptively powerful, because they don't take up a spell slot in the deck. It feels like they're kind of bigging up the land spot a little bit. Maybe that's just my perception of it, but, you know,
0: I think the way they, they phrase that, that specific way, is because a lot of, say, newer players, the most powerful cards they've seen are like shock lands. and yeah, they're yeah. not terribly interesting. Whereas someone who's seen, say, Valakut before, yeah. has a better idea of what lands can do. I mean, okay, maybe they've seen Cascade Wolf and that's a pretty decent land, but
2: yeah, still. It's, a, yeah it's definitely relevant. Just
0: so. so you know, land is maybe not what people think are really interesting, but then they forget about all of these utility lands, like Wolf Run, like Balakut.
2: Yeah, I definitely remember the days of Gronin, when I saw like a Jewel Land of some sort in Mariae slot in the Boosters. You know, when you're young and foolish. And...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> you'd do anything for a scrubland or a Volcanic Island, then. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So that is You Make the Card. So that's, uh, it looks like there's going to be a vote each week. No idea how many votes there's going to be in total. Um... I no idea what sort of restrictions they're going to put at us. Now, at the moment, they've, you know, clearly said you've got to pick one of these six card types. If we go to creature, does that mean they're going to like force us which particular creature type to go for? I mean, I'm not quite sure how open-ended this is going to end up mm. being, or how close it's going to be. So, I don't know. Maybe they already know what all the possible cards could be. But mm-hmm. I don't want to be too much of a drag. I mean, it's pretty cool that they're getting us, allowing us to make a card, and you know, the cards we've made in the past haven't been too bad. So, yeah, only good things could happen, right? Let us move on. Um, this week, this Friday, that is the 15th of March, is going to see the release of a new dual deck. Dual deck, Sorin versus tobolt
1: Ooh!
0: Which, when I heard that, I wasn't terribly thrilled, because, <laughs> you know. That, let's be honest, Tibault. No, come on, I like Tibault. I know you like Tibault. I
2: but. like Tibault, he's cool. And, I'll, and his name's Teabag, I'm sure you know.
0: I just see him as a gain 3 life, draw a card, discard a card, but that's just me. Yeah, Anyways.
2: He only costs 2 mana.
0: Uh, that, that's not arguable um, sets past and just talk about what you get in it so yeah. each of your deck is going to be 60 cards um, the primary characters Sorin, Lord of Innistrad and the between blooded have brand new foil alternate art cards, which you yeah. can see at the front of the back uh, there's a number of other cards which have new artwork uh, Browbeat, which uh, looks really cool and it will be replacing my current Browbeat in my commander deck uh, Blightning has new art. Mortify has new art. Spectral Procession and Death Crash. And also, the Lingering Souls in this deck is gonna have the Friday Night Magic art. So if you didn't oh. get the Friday Night Magic Lingering Souls, then a non-foil version will be made available to you in this deck. Now, I'm not gonna go through all the rares, but, uh, let's just say they should be balanced against each other. That's sort of the point of Joe decks. There's some cool cards in here. I mean, least of all, Foil Sorin, Lord of Innistrad. Can't be too bad. Foil to Bolt. I guess, is okay, depending on who you
2: It's going to be awesome. Foil T-Bolt would go right in my Commander deck.
0: Um, so yeah, that's out on... <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to dispute that. I wasn't trying to run over you. Just... Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's out on Friday, I believe. The MSRP is nineteen ninety dollars wise That probably means nineteen ninety pounds wise because, you know...
2: That's an exchange rate for, isn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Pound (laughs) is equal to an American dollar. That's absolutely how it works. Anyways, so yes, that is coming out. Um, Grand Prix, Grand Prix San Diego is this weekend, upcoming. It is in California. For those who don't know where San Diego is, if you go into the Pro Tour, that's also where San Diego is. And the format is modern. Um, Also, Grand Prix Utrecht, which is in the Netherlands, that's going to be Gatecrash Team Sealed. Cool. So that's interesting, isn't it? San Jose last Team Sealed? Yeah, it is interesting, but uh, I think we know someone who's going. I think Dan's going, actually. Is he? I cool. believe so. So, um yes, that will be interesting. Not sure how Team Sealed really works. I haven't really looked into it. Not Yeah.
2: Really.
0: I'm not really sure how it works. Say,
2: like, you don't have a complete team. Can you just rock up and hope to meet
0: other people who are on their own? <laughs> I suppose so, but I don't think the tournament organizers are going to do it for you.
2: No, no, no. It's like, hello, anybody else need a third member for their team?
1: <laughs> you
0: know. uh, so, yeah, that's what we'll be having this weekend. Um, also, the MTGO, Magic Online Pro Tour qualifiers for PT Friends, uh, those are going to be starting up. So there's going to be 16 of them on Magical Online. Uh, that's from March the 24th through August the 11th, 2013. Uh, the formats of 12 of them will be standard, and then there's a single one of the next four, formats. There's one Crash Limited, one Dragon Maze Limited, one Modern Masters Limited, which is going to cost a bit more because it's Modern Mm. Masters, and then one Magic 2014 Limited. You can find all those on the Magic website. Uh, There was an article sometime this week about it. Finally, uh, PDQ Dundee, for those in Scotland, that's happening this weekend. I'm going to be there! Yay! I'm going to be judging.
2: I'm going to try and be there, Craig, but uh, you never know with these things.
0: You should come, it'll be fun, because yeah. and it was fun last time
2: I I will go and have fun, but I, I don't have a deck that's capable of winning a modern PTQ Do you know what I mean? I've got, I've got decks that'll play, and it'll be fun Yeah,
1: and, I, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean if, if you know you can't go for the top because you haven't splashed out too much on a modern deck Then if you can go and have fun, then I think you're achieving the goal
1: yeah, I
2: mean, it's not even the case of having a splash out, right? it's just having this, the organisation of <laughs> putting the deck together.
0: Ugh. Well, have we you had a collection like mine? Anyways. been there before. <laughs> yeah, anyone coming up to PTU Dundee, or down to PTU Dundee, it depends where you live, uh, I'll be there judging, so black shirt and ginger hair. Yay. Look for me. Anyways. Name that card! Oh, name that card, Craig! Why do you oh. always sound so surprised? Because I'm, I always forget about it, and it's like the highlight of my week. It's, o- it's always a it's the highlight of your week. I I have nothing to say.
2: <laughs> I have a slow week. Fair
0: enough. Um, Would you like to begin?
2: No, because I've not decided on a card yet. Oh, man. <laughs> hmm. Right, I've decided on a card.
1: Uh, okay, right, you can go then.
2: Okay. Hmm. This is a gate crash card. Okie This costs one mana.
1: Okie dokes.
2: This has no guild symbol.
0: Huh. Um... One mana, no guild symbol.
1: Um...
0: Riot gear? Actually, I think I... St- cost two, but... Mm. no, nope, big... nope. Okay.
2: Right, I'm going to give you the biggest clue that I can probably give you, because you're good at this sort of thing. Oh, right. All I'm going to go right into the flavour text. Okay. Because you're usually good at this. <laughs> so I'll probably regret it. Okay, so here we go. At least the gateless rebels have ideals. Rakdos just mocks, defiles, and kills all we hold dear. And that is Lebuse Boris Sargent.
0: Ooh. <laughs> oh, um, an anti-Rakdos sentiment. I don't remember that. One mana cost, but let's read it again. I don't think it's going to help, though.
2: Okay. At least the gateless rebels have ideals. Rakdos just mocks, defiles, and kills all we hold dear. Mugging? No.
0: Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I no, mean, that flavor text doesn't ring any bells. I'll be honest.
2: Yay! Cool, because you, you usually just go, "I know it." From and that, this is true, but not you, in this. Have you got an idea of color? Maybe take a well, step. If think... you if you can guess the color, I'll tell you whether you are right or not.
0: But well, I've got two colors in mind. Saying it's a borosquid, I feel like it's white or red. Saying it's an anti ractal sentiment, it could be red. I feel red.
1: You are correct. It's okay. red,
0: red, and one mana. Um, see, I'm thinking Legion. Lo- no, it's not. There's not a guess I mean, I'm thinking Legion loyalist, but it's mm. uh, it's skilled affiliated. Uh, I do you need more?
2: It's Foundry Street Denison? No.
0: So then, yes, I clearly need
2: more help. It is a common. Uh huh. Any help? No. No. Not narrowing it down.
0: Not okay. really.
2: Hmm. How else to do this? <sighs> it's and it's... I can give you the artist, but I can't see that helping. You can try. <laughs> I can give you. Uh, oh my! I, I see that I can give you the artist. Hold on. That's all, okay. Never mind.
0: Just give the artist. <laughs> it's not really
2: good. No, it's the rating's small. That's all. It's slow, slow mirror oh uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Maniac.
0: Maniac, yeah. Um, no, that doesn't help.
2: No. Okay. So my last piece of information, I think I have... Well, bit... I can give you the rules text, obviously, but it's an instant. Did I tell you that already?
0: No. Um... Ah, I really... Oh. Wait. Shattering blow.
1: Oh, No. Oh, (laughs) Oh,
0: okay, I I, I think I need to give up at this stage.
2: Okay, I'm going to give you the rules text. Okay. Target blocking creature gets plus three, plus zero, and gains first strike until end of turn.
0: Yeah. Furious Um, resistance? Furious resistance, right, yes. Yay. A card I think I've drafted once and didn't go into the deck.
2: Yeah, it's it's actually the ones that are hardest to guess are the ones you don't really use a lot.
0: Hmm. Okay then, well that was an utter blowout. Hey. <laughs> okay, let's try this. I don't think this is as hard, I think it's a more playable card, but we'll see. Uh this is a gate crash card. Cool. Uh the converted mana cost is four.
1: Hmm.
2: Interesting. Converted mana cost four. So I would say that's gonna be a two color card the way you phrase that. That's what I think. I think it's dual coloured.
1: So Fair I'm enough.
2: Gonna go for, gonna go for, or is it just oh, mono coloured? Would you, would you say, like, that just threw me off? Instead of just saying it's straight, no. Hmm. Okay, gonna go for Soul Ransom.
0: It is not Soul Ransom.
2: Okay, continue.
0: This card is guild affiliated.
2: Oh. Right, it really doesn't narrow it down a lot, but I suppose I could take another stab at another four mana spell. Uh... Ah, now, would you go for a rare? More playable, he says. I'm going to stick with rares just now. I'm going to go for Immortal Servitude.
0: It is not Immortal Servitude. Hmm. Which has a converted mana cost of three, I believe.
2: Oh, X doesn't count, does it?
0: X is zero everywhere except for yeah. on the stack. Yeah.
2: You're right. You're right.
0: Okay. Um. This is a creature.
2: Four mana creature, which is guild affiliated, so it doesn't really help. So, case of naming a four mana creature clinging
0: anemones. It is not. Okay. Continue with the clues. This is
2: a 3-1. A 3-1. Hmm. I was going to jump all over crisis, but that's a 3-mana creature. 3-1. Hmm. That's 3-1-3-1-3-1 Three one three one three one. Uh, I mean, that's usually like a red or a kind of... It's like a red creature kind of power toughness, isn't it? Like... Is
0: oh. Oh, it? it, it isn't. Who knows? What can I possibly say?
2: Mm, feels like a red creature at like that. I just can't think what it is. Would you like a little bit more help? No. Uh, what's the lizard thing? with it the, this is, the, the Vicino, is it Vicino? What's it called? He's got first strike. Is it that guy? The Shanktail. Is that his name, Shanktail? Uh,
0: it is not the Shanktail. Uh, um, oh.
2: Vicino Shanktail,
0: yeah. Yeah, Vicino Shanktail, is that right? Yeah. No, it is not the, uh, Vicino Shanktail. No.
1: Man. I felt good okay. about
0: that. Okay, I'll give you the flavour text, this may help. I don't know. We'll hmm. Um. My father was gruel, but I chose the precision of the legion over the fury of the pack.
2: Right, so it's a red card, three-one red card. Uh Oh, or red and white, I suppose it could be red and white. Hmm. Four mana, you see. There's a card. Oh, card. the the minotaur. Uh, the veteran, Audren, Audren veteran, veteran.
0: Audron Veteran, that is correct.
2: Yay, eventually. got there. I was trying to think, what's a 3-1? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's not 100 meters it comes to mind. Oh,
2: dear. That was hard work, Craig.
0: But you got it. Yay! Yeah, you get the point. Uh, does that... Does that even is four that, points? Does that, make, does that put me in the lead, Craig? Uh, well, I think you were in the lead from last week. I think oh, you won from the second st- one.
2: We did, did it two in a row, didn't we? Yeah,
0: so... Mm. Uh, I think it's four two. Is four the winning score? Yeah, four was the winning score. Then you've won. Woo hoo! Woo! How'd you like that? How'd
2: you like that, Craig? Craig?
0: Uh huh.
2: you like apples. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm done. I'm done. We're going to do something. Victory next. lap complete.
0: We're going to do something different next time. I don't think gate crash is my format for this.
2: Okay. Okay. What should
0: we do next time? Pop quiz? Possibly. Mm -hmm. We'll work it out for next time. Okay, okay. Until then, let us move into our main topic. Which is... Cube. Cube? Cube? So, for those who are unaware, um, a cube is a limited format that you create yourself. Yay! Um... In short, it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, now, I mean, that's fair enough, I suppose. I mean, that's really vague, but it's also really good in that you're not constricted by any requirements. Although there are some general rules that people tend to follow, but there is no reason for you to follow them, because one thing which about a cube, it's, a, it's personal expression.
2: Yeah, we should call these guidelines, Craig.
0: Yeah, these are guidelines. And if you want to break them, feel free. Yeah, because you can't break it. It's a guideline, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So a cube is basically a custom limited set that um, anyone can come up with. A group can come up with it. Generally, people have their own cubes. There are uh, cube lists online, but there's no need to follow them because it's about what cards you enjoy playing and you'd enjoy drafting or playing sealed with or whatever. Now, as we say, there are some guidelines. Generally. You should have at least 360 cards, because if I'm not mistaken, that's basically the number of cards you need for an 8-man draft. And if you have any less, then you can't do 8-man draft. Now, if you only want to create, say, a cube, which was 2-man drafting, you only need 90 cards, but then you're going to be drafting the same cards over and over again. So, normally people will try to go up in multiples of 180, which allows you to add 4 more players each time, or it just adds more variety if you're going to be playing it a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing I'd say is if you're starting out to begin with, you're maybe better aiming for the 360 to start with, so you just don't have to collect quite as many cards, and then you can expand it afterwards quite easily.
0: Yeah, and also if you start small, then you can see where you want to expand to.
2: Yeah, and find out um, what's missing and what you need to add.
0: And if you've gone out and bought all your cards, you really don't want to go out and buy 720 cards and realise that a lot of them aren't what you wanted. At least yeah. you buy only 360 cards, and you've wasted only half the money. I guess. <laughs> um, Another general rule of a cube, it's a singleton format. That is to say, there aren't multiple copies of any one card in it. Yeah. So, if you're the one person to draft um, Quicksilver Gargantuan, then that's the only Quicksilver Gargantuan in the cube. Yeah. Generally.
2: I mean, some people have uh, rules for multiple cards, so you may have a single Squadron Hawk in the cube, but if you pick it, you get all four Squadron Hawks. Does that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, you're like it's a powerful enough card that that counts as four cards for your deck, you know. Or, I mean, there's other cards that are similar, but I think Squadron Hawks is a really good example of it. You
0: know? Yeah, indeed. I think that's the one I've heard quoted most often. Hmm. Um, also, a cube is generally color balanced. That's to say that there is the same number of white cards as there are black, the same number of green cards as there are blue. All five mono colors are represented equally. This also tends to be the same for multi-colored cards. So if you have, say two cards which are red and black, then you should have two cards of each other, two colour combo, and likewise for three colours, four colours with Nephilim, five colours I guess don't really matter, but generally you want to keep it as colour balanced as possible. Um, just so that basically anything is viable as far as drafting goes. Yeah, along. yeah. Um so uh, again, if you want to break that,
2: that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine, but what will happen is if you if say for example you have a lot of good Orzhov cards in your cube and you've not got quite as many of other guilds or shards or uh wedges or whatever it is you've, you've got represented when you're playing it you'll, you'll find that your playgroup will cotton on to which pairings are the most powerful pretty quickly so it really is in your interest to have a balance in number at the very least to start with you know, so like it's not one you want to be not a guideline that you want to be breaking without a lot of thought.
0: Right. Um so these are all guidelines, so that means you can basically end up with many different types of cube. Now there are some phrases that people use, some terms that uh, give people an idea of what is in a cube. So um, one question about cubes is are they powered or are they unpowered? So the difference being do they contain some of Magic's most broken and powerful spells? a.k.a. the Power 9, or are they a bit more um, reasonable and a bit more like a regular limited format?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about Power as well. It's not just things like Power 9 you have to worry about, but there are even some... I mean, we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, Craig, like Sol Ring is a ridiculous card, and it's something which I've actually had to remove from my own cube because the rest of the cube doesn't match up to it in power level, and it doesn't... You know, it's not like a hugely expensive or rare card, but it's just on that power level, and as part part of your cube design is really going to be, uh, is that sort of thing acceptable? You know, is it is this the power level you want to be having in there, or coming out and seeing play on a regular
0: basis? Now, maybe at the other end of um, powered are the junk cubes or the junk rare cubes which are almost purposely made up of the cards nobody ever drafted, and now you're sort of forced to play with all of them and see what concoction you can come up with.
2: Yeah, this is an idea I've always wanted to do but never actually done yet because it seems like those uh, rubbish cards will start to look pretty good pretty soon and you'll be like, oh man, I can't believe you passed that. And it'll be <laughs> something, I don't know, grounded. Man, I got I got grounded last tech, What's that all about? Broken, you know.
0: Have you uh, ever tried uh drafting, say, an earlier format nowadays? Like, we recently drafted Judgment. Yeah. Which is not colour balanced, and um, what you get for your mana just seems really at odds when you look at even a core set, and you're just going, why is this so much? Why are there so many drawbacks on this creature?
2: Yeah, why am I paying five mana for a 2 and I'm still
0: getting punished for it? So, drafting a Junk Cube or a Junk Rare Cube may give you a similar sort of feel, where you need to Completely reevaluate what you know. Three mana buys you, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) Right, so other types of cubes, um, they can be themed. You can have a figure of theme going for it. Um, tribal is potentially the most popular of the themes. The
2: uh, the tribal tribal idea is really cool because there's, let's say, bringing all those cool cards from like uh, Lorwyn and is it Lorwyn? I'm thinking of
1: Lorwyn and Morning
2: Tide, and those those sets were they were all really cool. Oh, goblins. Goblin cube, wow! Ah, oh, yeah. Or even like you could bring in some of the really underrepresented races of uh, the magic universe. Like you could have like minotaurs in red, or dwarves. How many, how many cool dwarves are there that are just spread across time, but just you don't see enough of? I want to put I want to put a tribal cube now, Craig.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're only wanting to go two cubes plus the one you already got.
2: Two, I've got two, Craig. You have two cubes. Yeah, my very first cube was a uh, an Ice Age cube. Just, oh, well, that, it was that's... just, just Ice Age. Well, I actually had another one before that, which was really just Scars and Block, which we what? just drafted for fun. Well, it was like when we were just learning to draft, uh, we made a cube of all the commons and uncommons from Scars and Block, but we had multiples just to make up the numbers and um, basically drafted the set. And it was basically a, we used it like a tool to, as, as well as learning how to draft, is, just learning the set itself as well.
0: Right, so you've touched on a couple other cube types there, one of which is a block cube. Yeah. Where yes. you basically take one block, say the Innistrad block, and then all the cards in your cube will be from Innistrad, Dark Ascension, or Addison Restored, as an example. Yeah. And you've also touched on, say, a common or uncommon cube. A cube which just does not have any rares, or is simply a popper cube where it's only commons and that gives it its own identity and gives its own feel, and if that's the sort of thing you enjoy, or maybe you've only got commons and that's the only thing you can make for a cube, then yeah. why not start with a proper cube, I mean.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a common cube's a really good place to start, because outlay isn't as much as uh, as if you're building something else, you know, like a powered cube, for example, and yeah. you still get the same experience of building it, the, the same sort of create creative outlet of um basically designing a set from scratch where the card's available, and, uh, you still got all the enjoyment of playing it, you know. And the power level's relative to the cards, so your, your commons cube isn't gonna feel underpowered because all the, you know, power's relative to what's in
0: there. I mean, Wild is an amazing card and it's a common.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are talking, speaking Squadron Hawks earlier, weren't we? Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> exactly. And now, you, your cube actually has a theme, which is, it's all foil.
2: Yeah, but it's, see, the, the main theme For The cube that I'm currently working on Or currently using Is that It was Meant to be just Really cool cards Rather than being really Powerful cards It was just meant to be Our favourite Like from our Play group Like our favourite cards That we sort of Reminisced and got a bit Nostalgic about And then over time Because I've been Because I made it all foil and because we've been adding to it as time goes on, it's been gradually creeping up and creeping up in power levels. So it's... Uh, it started off being a cool stuff cube, and now it's basically just a foil cube, which is gaining in power. But not a lot, hopefully. Try to rein it in. Try to keep it under
0: control, Craig. The foils are cool.
2: The foils are cool. It was really just a, a reason to play foils, or use them for something, you know? Yeah. Okay, um... Just a thought, Craig. You mentioned... uh was it last week or the week before you were intending building the cube? Any thoughts on what's sort a of theme you were going to go for? I
0: am not sure. I mean, I think I previously mentioned that I'm going to be building from my own collection. So there is a limitation <clears> as far as I'm not going to go out and seek um, dwarfs or earlier sets. Like dwarfs yeah. aren't going to be a thing because I don't have dwarfs, but I'm not, I don't have a particular theme in mind. <clears throat> I'm. Not sure yet. It it, yeah. it it is a work in progress. Okay. Um, but I think we've probably described what Cuba cube is reasonably well.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, do you want to go into the actual nitty-gritty of numbers? Like, of how many cards in each colour and things?
0: Again, this would be a guideline.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, so you've got your 360 cards, which, uh, are the, is basically your smallest cube that you can draft with eight people. Uh So, no, it depends on if you want to have uh multicoloured cards or not But imagine you decided you weren't going to play with multicoloured cards to start with Because you're just keeping it simple So, in a cube with no multicoloured cards And you want your 360 cards The breakdown would be something along the lines of 60 cards of each colour And 30 non-basic lands and 30 colourless artifacts. I think that works out.
0: Yeah, that makes 160. Yeah. Uh, 360.
2: Yeah. So the, it's basically, you know, balancing out so that you've got the same number of cards for each colour. I mean, you could, and then obviously it would, those numbers would increase with, uh, the size of your cube as you, as it grows. Because, I mean, some people will just keep adding cards and never take cards out, and the cube just becomes a monster. Yeah. You know, a big draftable monster. But it remains balanced, but it just gets huge.
0: Right. Shall we talk about
1: drafting
0: a cube? Yeah, I suppose so. Drafting a cube, then. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it's an idea to get uh, an idea about what the cube is about. For example, if you tell me you've got a tribal cube, then my next question will be, what tribes are available, and then I'll know that if I see uh elf lord, then if I pick an elf lord, and I can then I know that I will be able to get other elves down the line. And elf is an archetype. So one idea when you come into draft the cube is you kind of want to pick an archetype and run with it, assuming you know the archetype's supported. Yeah. Now, what archetypes are there? Well, hundreds, thousands. I mean, I can just rattle them off, but they're not going to necessarily mean anything. If the cube doesn't support an archetype.
2: Yeah, maybe we should explain the process of actually how it's physically done, because I mean it's maybe not immediately obvious. But you know, when when you
0: oh, drafting the cube.
2: yeah, actually drafting it. So you basically you get all the cards in the cube, you shuffle them up, and you break them down into 15 card packs, and you use them as if they were normal booster packs. Yeah, yeah,
0: pretty simple. And if you want to yeah. do sealed, it's the same thing except for you create the the 15 pal uh, 15 card piles, and then you take six, and then that's should.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never done a sealed cube, but it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Um. Yeah, drafting just works the same as normal, except where you've kind of built up your own packs yourself, although you don't know what cards are in there. And yeah, um, picking archetype running with it is generally a good way to go now. Because you're shuffling these cards together and they're not being done by a computer in a printing factory with working out how to generally color balance over many, many, many boosters. Your boosters are not going to be color balanced. Yeah. It is entirely possible that you're going to open a grip and it's just going to have junk cards. And there's going to be no white and no blue there at all. And even if that was your plan, it ain't happening in this booster. So fixing is kind of vital because... You may not be able to end up drafting the one or two color deck you want. You may be forced into a five color monstrosity.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing to really bear in mind when you're building the cube is that color fixing is really important, especially if you're if you're playing multicolored cards. I mean, I've heard people playing entirely multicolored cubes, but you want, you know, a, a good percentage of your artifacts even to be mana producing things like signets or you know, something that's going to help fix mana.
0: Yeah, key rooms even.
2: Yeah, key rooms as well, yeah.
0: Indeed. Um, so, mana fixing is important in the construction of humans, it's also important in the drafting. Um, I w- We were just actually doing a cube of magic online because they had it for free for two hours and, um, yeah, my very early picks were fixing effectively. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, we're talking about, um, jewel lands and, um, what are they fetch lands? And, yeah, signets and stuff. Just making sure that if I can't go into colours I want, I have some options and I can also fix my mana while I'm playing the deck as well. It's yeah, pretty yeah. vital.
2: Or the other way of doing it is do what I do and just go mono. <laughs> I just decided, because I didn't really know the MTGO cube very well, I said, right, well, I'm just going mono black and just forced black the entire time. And it worked out. Well, the deck worked out okay. My actual draft didn't work, did work out very well. Yeah. Playing black aggro apparently isn't as fast as playing red point aggro. So, yeah.
0: there you go. Uh, Lesson I mean, learned. Uh, w- one thing about the fixing, I drafted Bant. I mean, I had stuff like life which you kind of want to play if you can. But I just didn't have enough green fixing, so I just had to go with Azorius. So, fixing, vital. You yeah. You really want to... Um, I'm not sure what else we can say about drafting a cube that's really gonna help. I mean, just get an idea of I mean, it's a bit like when you're about to go draft a new set. You kinda want to know what's in it. Like if you just went to Return to Ravnica uh block without any concept that the two color guilds are where you're wanting to go, you may tra- try drafting monocolor and you may find it doesn't quite work as well as drafting a guild. Yeah. So you wanna you, you want as much information about the cube as possible before you kind of go into it.
2: Yeah, I mean, this This is one of these things, But right? with, with any playgroup that's got a cube or somebody's got an effort of making a cube, you're probably going to be playing mm. it enough that you'll figure this stuff out yourself pretty quickly, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, so,
2: I, like I said, it's impossible for us to sit and pontificate over what may or may not be in people's cubes, you know? It's just usual drafting things, you know, look out for removal and evasion and all those oh, things.
0: yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, if you're drafting the cube enough, you're going to learn it like any limited format. You're going to realize what's good, what doesn't work, uh, what are false positives, what are what's the opposite of false positive, a true negative, I guess. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're going to work out what is good and what's not, and uh, what's a signal, and it's just a matter of drafting the cube enough.
2: We should maybe talk about building the cube a bit more, Craig.
0: Yeah, especially okay. saying this is something I'm presently working on. So we've kind of discussed what a cube generally is, so we've already given some guidelines uh, around basically planning it. So you probably want to start with 360, you probably want it to be singleton, and you probably want it to be color-balanced. Yeah. Now, we can go a bit deeper that. If we're talking about just the monocolors, then the color pie, an integral part of Magic the Gathering, each color has their own key identity. Yeah. And you probably want to try to replicate that to some degree. For example, a very simple thing. If you've got 50 cards of each colour, generally, you want 25 to be creatures and 25 to be non-creatures. Yeah. But but if you look at a colour like blue, well, blue isn't the creature colour. It's the spell colour. So the chances are you probably want more spells than you want creatures in blue. And then with green, it's the opposite. Green is very creature-heavy. So you want a lot more creatures for green and a lot less spells.
2: Yeah, that seems fair enough.
0: Yeah, so that's one thing about when you're planning your cube, realise you're going to have a good balance. I mean, and then again, if you're just going for old creature cube, then you can just ignore that saying. So.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, like, when you're talking about balance as well, you've got to think about things like um, making sure cards can be used by as many players as possible. So, like, your artefacts are all colourless. So, like, if you've got an artefact bracket and you've count. Say, well, I've got 50 artifacts or 60 artifacts, however many as you've decided, make sure all those artifacts are colourless. Have you've, like, some of the, was it Alara had coloured artifacts?
0: Yeah, Asper had coloured artifacts.
2: Yeah, you know. So make sure those go in, if you're determined to play those particular cards, make sure they go in the colour-appropriate part. That, like, that artifact would be counted as a black or blue or multicoloured, uh, spell. And, like, the, the artifacts themselves, should probably be usable by most archetypes that you can make in the, in the, in the cube. So that it's not unbalancing things, you know. So, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, but you, like, say it was a, a, an artifact that said something along the lines of, give creature plus X an attack where X is equal to the number of swamps you control. Or something like that. That would be tipping the scales in favor of whoever's playing black. So you're just, it's right at the beginning anyway. Make sure everything's as balanced as possible, so that it's not leaning one way or the other. And then you can find out where things maybe need to be tweaked afterwards.
0: Yeah. Another place you want balancing is the mana curves of each of your colours. Now, each guild probably has slightly... Uh, each each colour probably has different curves, like green, because in ramps, you tend to find its uh, average cost of a card is a bit higher... Um, White weenies is an archetype, so you may find white with a lot of small creatures, so you'll find on average a bit lower. Make sure you've got a good curve in each of your colours, because if you just put in all the 5-plus mana black spells, Mm. then no one's going to be able to really play black, because they could get hammered in the first four turns before they get to play out their Quizzle Brands or whatever. I mean, just be aware, you need to make each of them viable in their own right. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I think it's just, when you're when you start out, it's it's important to have an aim. This is something I've learned from the the foil cube that I made, or I'm still making. It, it's an ongoing thing. I never really had an overriding aim other than what I said before. You know, these are just cool cards and cards we like. And because of that, my cube's kind of just a bit sporadic and maybe doesn't have very solid archetypes that you can draft easily. I mean, the 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 cube itself sticks to the color pie quite closely, but, you know, there's not a lot of great synergy going on there, it's because it's a bit of a, it's like, just collection of cards that we can play, but I mean, I think to start with, you want to have, if you set out with a clear aim beforehand, so you say to yourself, you know, what strategies do you want to have available within the cube, you know, so I mean, like, suppose you're going to want to have aggro, you're going to want to have control, do you want combo? I mean, do you want people to, be able to win on turn four? Is that something you want? I mean, this doesn't necessarily mean it's a powered cube. It just means that that is available, you know. Or mill? Do you want mill to be a thing? That's something I've chosen not to include in my cube. And a great amount. I think there's one card
0: which can mill you out. Yeah, you need. To, you want to plan for archetypes if you can. Now, th- these can be monocolored archetypes if you just want to go for the sort of red. Burn wins, Red Deck wins, or um, Mono Black Control, or Mono Green Ramp, and you can if you want to go slightly more sophisticated, I guess, and some archetypes do go across colours. I mean, if you want something like a Reanimator to work, then you need to have big, meaty creatures in various colours yeah. to be reanimated. And you need to put in the correct amount of uh, reanimation spells to put in. So, planning archetypes, planning your colours. Um I mean, another thing to bear in mind is Figuring out which
2: mechanics you want to be available To your players in the cube I mean, do you want Infect? Do you want, like, Affinity? Um, you know, all these things Some are more powerful than others Some interact in different ways with other abilities Like, you may or may not want Something like the new guild me- mechanics Like the Simic guild me- mechanic uh, Evolve So... Say, for example, you've chosen not to have Evolve in your cube and then you just fancy, you know, I think I'll have me a Simic Guildmage because I need something to fill that spot. You're going to find that that Guildmage will not be as good in your cube as he is in, you know, the in limited format because he's not got the support. You know, So it's just a case of being aware of what mechanics you have available to your players or to your... within the cube.
0: Yeah, also, if, if maybe you have a target audience of mind, say you have a regular playgroup, and you know they're not going to understand really complicated mechanics. You may just want to avoid them. Like, yeah. if they're, if they're not going to understand phasing or banding, which is the yeah. arch enemy of everyone, <laughs> um, or even just suspend, you know, the concept that, uh, Excel cards can have counters on them and then these suddenly appear at the beginning of your turn. Huh, what's going on here?
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a really good, good point. Like, consider the way you consider your playgroup, uh, is really important as well. Cause at the end of the day, you really just want to be having a lot of fun with it. And if you're not playing a powered cube, because I mean, not, not everybody's going to be trying to do that, and that's not within everybody's budget to do that. Really consider what it is that your play group finds fun, because I know, I mean, I know people that really consider things like land destruction, uh, hex proof, and you know, try to think like things that make non-interactive board states to be really eff- not offensive, but don't make for an enjoyable game. Like, you wouldn't intentionally make your, your cube, like, Abyssin Restored Limited all over again. You wouldn't do that deliberately because there's things in there which make for potentially mm, sort of non, or less enjoyable games, you know? And, uh, so if, if you know there's somebody in your playgroup who, say, for example, really objects to having all their land destroyed because it isn't any fun, then, Maybe consider limiting the number of Stone Rain effects
0: you put in there, you know? Yeah, don't put in Sundering Titan when you know they play 5-color. You know, that'll make them really, really sad.
2: Yeah. You know, cater for your audience, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, part of planning is working... Well, you've got an idea of what you want to do, but the question is your budget. How much are you willing to spend on this? It's a bit of a project. It can be very expensive if you're wanting to start from scratch with a power cube. It can be really cheap if you're like me and you decide, well, my limitation is my cars have got. I'm not willing to spend any extra money on this at all. So you need to work out your budget, and then you need to work out what is realistic within your budget.
2: Yeah, this is something I did not do, Craig, and I probably should have, and if I had done it, I would have probably realized I could have bought myself a powered cube over a foil
1: cube.
0: I mean, if you wanted the foil cube over the power cube, that was still a decision you could have made, but if you budget and work on what you've got available, then you can make those calls wisely.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: As opposed to just walking into a foil cube and then going, I'd rather have power nine, but...
2: <laughs> well, no, it's not so bad as that. But, yeah. I mean, it's just because I've been mean, doing it over time, you don't feel the pain so much, and because it's been this kind of... Uh, this evolution of what's in the cube itself, the... uh it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just become a fairly expensive pile of cards. It, didn't, it wasn't meant to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who'd have thought it, eh?
0: Indeed. It's, it's just another factor to be aware of. And um, part of building a cube, maybe part of your design, is um, the specific cards you want. Like, um, a card like Giant Spider has been printed many, many times in many, many formats. Now, do you want a specific printing of it? Mm. Because if you do, that may also affect your budget. Like, um, I know... Seeing you have a foil cube, Steve, you have got a uh, Source of Plowshares, which yeah. I think is only available. Is it a Judge foil or a
1: yeah,
2: a fan ant- foil? The, the blighters went and reprinted it, didn't they? They've got there's a new Judge foil, Swords of Plowshares coming out. Oh, the, sir, I don't know if it'll affect the, the value of the original one because the original one has the 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 first artwork. You know the the wee guy, the wee scrawny guy with his hair blown in the wind with his shares, I suppose. And, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah. So, uh, I don't know about the affect the value. I don't really care. It's not like I was selling it. It was a Bucky present,
1: so I was like, yay. Hey.
0: Oh, right, sorry. Yes, now I've seen the sort of power shares. I do remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, if you're wanting specific cards, like, you may, for example, specifically want the most modern version of each card because it has the most accurate rules text. Yeah.
2: Uh, or, or you may want... You may want to avoid white-bordered cards for some reason, because some people don't like white-bordered cards, do they, Craig?
0: I will agree, I'm not a big fan. (laughs) Uh, But unfortunately, the only necropotence I have is from 5th edition, so I have to play white-bordered that. Yeah, Yeah, anyway. So yeah, another thing you need to consider is what cards you want, because that may affect your budget.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you're thinking budget as well, you've got to take into consideration you're going to have to sleeve all these up. Unless you really don't care about your cards, but these cards are going to be getting shuffled and mashed together and played by a lot of different people And you don't you don't necessarily always know the people That are going to be playing your cube I mean, Most of the time you do But quite often to play your cube You'll maybe take it somewhere like your local game shop And you'll see the people who are there Who wants to play And you might end up with people you don't particularly know like, Well you'll know them But they're maybe not your closest of friends So you, you don't always know who's going to be Shuffling your cards And not everybody's as competent a shuffler As you would like them to be so, you know, you've got to make sure you've got yourself some good, robust sleeves. I think that sleeves are probably one of the main investments you have to make when you're making a cube. And if you want to get decent ones in enough quantities, that can cost a few
0: pennies, you know? It's something you may, you may just want to ask your local gaming store, can I buy entire, I don't know, box? Yeah. Staff? I'm not quite sure what you call it, but you know, yeah. I, I, I've asked my local gaming store, you know, when I, when I'm Finish picking up my cube. I'm going to need to buy like an entire box of sleeves. Can you organise that for me? And it's like yes. And you can get a discount because you're buying a bulk. It's like a score.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's worth buying more sleeves than you need exactly. Because remember, you're going to have to sleeve up all your land as well. Because you don't want to be sleeving and desleeving land every single time. So you need a quantity of land to go with your cube, which is enough to draft it for your eight players And it's worth having that sleeved up too. But on top of that it's also worth having more sleeves that you buy at the same time. Because one thing I've found is even, you know, the tournament legal ultra pro sleeves that you get vary from box to box in size. So if I buy one box of black matte sleeves this week, I may go to my game shop a couple of months down the line and find that there's a millimeters difference when I buy the next pack you'll probably notice it yourself if you've got a mixed old sleeves and that can be really annoying if you know like your most recently added card has a slightly stickier sleeve and you can feel it oh yeah it's just not cool
0: yeah I've, I've actually got that on my commander deck I just grabbed a whole bunch of black sleeves and its ham that one is slightly bigger than all the rest so that's the one my commander is in so I can easily fish her out when I need to but yeah. I accidentally shuffle her into the deck, so.
1: Yeah, I
2: yeah. Made, a, made a point of having extra sleeves just so that that doesn't happen in the cube. So you're gonna have, your sleeves are gonna get a bit of damage, so you yeah. have to replace them occasionally and, you know.
0: Yeah, you need to, you need to, uh, ensure against breakage effectively. Yeah, it's,
2: it's better doing that than having to re-sleeve the entire cube.
0: Yeah, indeed. So, uh, <laughs> unless you've got tons of sleeves and you know they're all the same size, then that is part of the budget. Um, yeah. So that's actually, actually, I lied when I said I would not buy it. Oh, I, I said I wouldn't buy any extra cards. I didn't actually say anything with the sleeves, or in fact, the yeah, box. Yeah. I mean, you would invest in the new box as well. But, anyways, so that is building a cube. I don't. Is there any other advice we can give? Um,
2: basically, you know, just bear in mind that the whole point of this is to have fun. You know, you know, it's, it's meant to be a fun thing. So, I mean, don't be afraid to mess about with slightly silly cards. I mean, we've got a couple of un cards in the cube. Like I've got my foil rod of spanking in there. Um, <laughs> I know that Dan's cube that he's building. I think he's got a frazzled editor in there. Can he, these things are all just contribute to the fun, you know?
0: Yeah, sorry, I mean that's one thing we didn't mention. If you want uncards, who's stopping you? No one. Yeah, exactly. If you want portal cards, who's stopping you? No one. Um, can't even think of what other sort of cards would be excluded. Holiday cards?
2: Yeah, I mean. Don't be afraid as well of, like, if you want to play a Powered Cube, and you've got the majority of the cards, don't be shy about proxying, you know what I mean? It's not like it's a a tournament that uh, there's rules and regulations, because, I mean, a lot of people who own things like the Power Nine will not put them in a cube to be manhandled by, you know, the guy that's just come from the chip shop, and he's got his greasy fingers, you know. Even those people who actually own the Power 9 and the expensive cards that exist out there will proxy them into cubes because you just don't want them wrecked. So, you know, if you want to play a Powered Cube, just, you know, make a Powered Cube, you know.
0: You can, actually, you can proxy an entire cube if you're not sure if you want to go out and spend the money. Yes, yeah, this, I mean, no, this is true. <laughs> there's nothing stopping you. Cube is a casual format unless you're in the player's Magic Championship, in which case, you know, Congratulations, John Finkel. But otherwise, no judge is going to come over and go, "Oh, using proxy cards in your cube, I'm disqualifying you from the own your own event which you created yourself." What? Yeah, yeah.
2: You're, you're not, not going you're to get a lawyer tapping on your front door saying, "Hello, we represent Hasbro Limited. Uh, we've heard you're playing uh, non-official cards in your cube. We'd like uh, to issue you this official document and take you to court, please." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, I
0: mean, it's not
2: going to happen, you know.
0: No, no. Um,
2: oh, they might I've, take us. <laughs>
0: Suggested. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure we're safe. Plus, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a lawyer and retainer anyways, it's fine. Yay, yeah, cool. Right. Um, Help! <laughs> <laughs> I, I can pass you on the details, I'm sure you won't complain. <laughs> uh, I think we're done. I mean, as I say, we could go into more depth about things, but they won't be applicable in a lot of situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I could tell you how to draft, like, the whole Artifact Ramp playing Odrazi win, but he says there's any Odrazi in your cube.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh just one more thing. If, uh, if you there's lots of information out there on uh, on Cube and the great wide web. Uh, uh one place where there's particularly a lot of information is on Evan Irwin's site, uh, CubeDrafting.com. If you want to check out that, he's got uh, Evans Cube up on there, which is a powered cube, and it's a great place to look if uh, you are wanting a guideline of where to start if you're wanting to. Build a power cube somewhere, somewhere good starting block to start from, and there's lots of links there to lots of other people's cubes, just to give you an idea of what's out there and what's what the potential is. You know.
0: Yeah. Um. There's also the Magic Online cube, which again is a power cube. Um. I'm pretty sure you can find it somewhere on the Magic Online website. Um. And it'll also give you an idea of what another cube looks like. I mean, if you look at other cubes for inspiration, but don't feel like you need to copy them card for card because You'll see even with a magic cube, every time they put it on magical line, they pull some cards in and they pull some cards out. So, it's always changing. Yeah, yeah. And that's one good thing about cube, like if you find that, um the Jason Mind sculpt you put in there and you thought it would be alright, actually is making you really sad, there's nothing stopping you pulling it out and replacing it with another card.
2: Yeah, I mean this is that's exactly what happened with me with Sol Ring. It was a, basically, I mean, my, my rule with cube, right, for when I'm taking cards in and out, is usually, don't take cards out, always put, if, if there's a card that's a problem, always put in cards to deal with the problem. So the cube keeps evolving, rather than just saying, oh no, that's unacceptable. But with Sol Ring, it just needed too much to make it fair. So Sol Ring came out, but for in general, my, my rule from a cube is that when something's a problem, put more things in to deal with it, rather than taking the problem out. Because the problems a
0: good thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Every problem has a solution. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what we can say in general, we'll Cube. Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. Shall we move on to my cube? Yeah. Let's talk about your cube, Craig. I want to talk about your cube because you've been keeping a secret. I've been keeping a secret, Craig. Secret cube. Where should I start? What color breakdown have you got?
0: Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was. One of the first problems I came across is that I didn't want to constrain myself to a size on it to begin with. Yeah. Right. So what I did, I started with white. I figured I would uh, go through the cards I had, see what cards I ca- would like to put in my cube, and I just listed them all down. Mm. And I got to 85 creatures, all in white. Nice! Which clearly isn't happening, because if we go by that logic, 85 times 10, 850 cards just for the mono-colour, then add in all the multicolor and the artifact and that, that's not happening. No. So, but I, decide, I decided, okay, this isn't happening, but I'll go through the spells, and I got 50 spells. So I'm at 135 white cards. Now, ideally, I would like a colour balance. Ideally, I'd like to support a couple of archetypes. In fact, I've got two mono-white archetypes working here, a white weenies and a white knights. And... It's something I'm going to come back to later. Basically, I've picked out all the cards which I'm willing to have in my cube. Culls will come later. Mm. So I realized, let's say I cull that all down, and I decide I want 50 white cards. I have 25 creatures, 25 spells. I've sort of got some token thing going on. I've sort of got some white knight thing going on. And then I go to blue, and I just realized that I only have 30 blue cards. Mm. Then do I cut the white down forever? I've decided I'm going to just go through each of the colors pick out all the cards I like, and I'll work out what size my cube needs to be reduced down to after I've done that.
2: Right, I have a question for you, Craig. Okay. Now, I realise you only want to use cards that are in your collection, as in you don't want to buy cards specifically for your cube. That's right. But, are you willing to trade for cards for your cube, or are you being very strict about they have to be in your collection now? Is that something that you're being very strict on?
0: I think I would like to be strict on that. I mean, I'm certainly willing to trade cards, but that's completely separate from the cube. Yeah. Like, like I'm a completionist insofar as I want one copy of every single card, because that means I have all the cards I ever need for commander decks or for cubes. Yeah. Um, if I want to play a card in my cube and my commander deck at the same time, then something's getting proxied. Yeah. If I don't yep. have a set copy. So, no, I think I'm being strict, because otherwise I'm going to start... Uh. I'm going to go down a road which I'm not quite confident going down, <laughs> the whole trading thing, because I'll be honest, the first time I did a trade, re- in like retroactively, I got stung. Like mm. at, the t- at the time, it was a fair trade. It was Gideon Jura for Sauron Markov and a Grave Titan, and I loved black at the time. Yeah. Um But it's only the only reason I feel subsequently stung is because I got a second Sauron, I got a second Grave Titan. Haven't I seen another Gideon Jura? Have I heck?
2: <laughs> I think that uh, trade fluctuated over time, though, has it? I mean, Grave Titan's been up and down, soren has been up and down.
0: Yeah, this is all true. Yeah. But I mean, so, I just... No, I, I'm not... If I trade for something, it's because I'm trading it for my collection in general, not for the Cuban in particular. Yeah, okay. Okay. So yes, I'm going to go through the colours. I mean I, I mean, I can talk about what I've got for white at the moment. Um, the other thing is, I've also started picking out the multicolour cards... It's a lot harder to balance multicolor I found because let's say I even go for fifty multicolor cards. Yeah. Um so that means what I can have five for each guild and then I'm completely ignoring wedges and shards, three color comms.
2: Yeah, that's what I did to start with my cube because I didn't have great mana fixing, so I just went for colour pairs rather than shards, you know. Yeah. Uh, now I've got a decent amount of color fixing. I'm starting to look more at that, but to accommodate it, I've added in. That's something we didn't actually mention when we were talking before. Is some people have different category, a different, you know, a different heap of cards for hybrid cards. Yeah. So I'm I'm now instead of just having uh, sixty multicolored cards in the cube, I'm going to have sixty multicolored cards and sixty hybrid cards and that's opening up space in the multicolored cards so I can fit in the three color ones, you know?
0: Yeah, so I mean yeah, I'm trying to pick out just the two color cards at the moment, but I realise like even if I cut that down to like one creature and one spell, it's still what, twenty cards. There's no way to balance that over the mana curve. Yeah. And then when I add in wedges, when I add in shards, when I add in hybrid cards, I mean the size of my multi colour will probably affect the rest of well, parts of the cube, I mean, one thing, the my Multicolor is really large, I need a lot more mana fixing, so that means more lands, more artifacts.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was gonna say that, like, you should maybe look at your mana fixing first, and then see how, how that's gonna affect the multicloud part of your cube.
0: I so mean, I mean I, I'm relatively confident, I mean, I've certainly got all the signets, all the key runes, all the shock lands, all the jewel lands, the check lands specifically. Yeah, so I've got, I mean, that's, that's reasonable. Like, I know that's not ideal necessarily. Like, I probably want more types of jewel lands, ideally. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, the size of my multicolor is going to affect how many of these, well, I'm probably going to put all the mana fixing in, but it may require me to, if I'm trying to go for too many, I may have to cut it down, or if I'm going for too few, then I don't necessarily need all the fixing, and then that's also going to affect the artifacts because If I have a lot of multicolour, I may not have so many artifacts, possibly, because I don't want, like, the monocolour just to get completely squeezed out of the cube, so...
2: Yeah. I mean, if you go by our guidelines that we were given earlier, then if you go for 50 of a given colour, you should really be playing 50 non-basic land, or maybe even 60 non-basic land.
0: I mean, there's certainly going to be other non-basic lads in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Um, you know, colour fixing's
0: a thing. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it's not something I've got terribly much for. Maybe maybe this was where I may break my rule. Maybe I can justify that. Oh, I totally need these cards for modern which I don't play. Um, you know. Yeah. Or maybe I can hope for good stuff coming up in Friends and or Modern why, Masters.
2: Why not uh put multiples of gates in them and play gates count cards?
0: I, I, actually, I wasn't even thinking about the gates, but that's another 10 lands right there. I mean, mm. um I'm not, I mean, ideally, I'd like to go for singleton, saying that's sort of traditional, but yeah. if I want to break that rule, because I need to break that rule, for example, for mana fixing, I'll break the rule, because it's not a rule, it's a guideline, and I don't care about the guideline necessarily, so yeah. I'll be happy to break that if I need to.
2: I think so, it's 10, 5, 5. I mean, yeah. I mean, you should be able to do it keeping within recent sets, and, you know, because you, you've, you've got other lands which aren't uh, the mana-producing stuff, like we've talked about yeah. uh, earlier. There's lots of
1: other ones.
0: Yeah, just uh, Vesuva, Thespian Stage, Maze of um just to name a couple, Homewards, homewards Path, maybe, going Homewards yeah. Path? That was very Scottish. Homewards Path.
2: Ah, now here's the thing. Right, non-basic lands which aren't mana-producing, how do you balance, Like, right, for example... Say you want to include Kessig Run. Okay. Now Kessig Run is clearly only going to work if you're playing green and red. Yeah. How do you balance the non-basic land section of a cube? Like not, I mean, obviously the mana producing side of it's easy to balance. You can look at exactly how many number how many of each uh, mana type can be produced and then what pairings it can be produced. But the you know, do you have a, do you have a non-basic land for each colour pairing or something? Do you say, well, I'll have a wolf run, I'll have a, what's the, uh, the shrine that
0: comes alive
2: and stomps about as an 8-8? Oh,
0: the guardian of, uh. Yeah.
2: That, yeah. That thing, or, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like, do you balance it in the same way? I think so. Yeah, you've got to do, you.
0: I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure what non-color-producing uh color producing lands, like, what utility lands, like, if I include Wolf Run, am I including the entire 10-card cycle? I certainly need to include a 10-card cycle as far as I need a utility land that works off of each of the two the the, the pairings. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean I need to follow, like, the Dark Ascension and this red one, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm not sure, because I'm not sure if I want Wolf Run in there, because I think I'd end up going for some cards I don't kind of want in there, like, Vote um, of the Archangel, like I like both of the Archangel, I'm not sure if I want it in my cube, because it is pretty over the top. Yeah. And even yeah. Wolfrun can be pretty over the top, depending, so I'm not yeah. sure if I want those cards in there, so...
2: The good thing with Wolfram is it takes a bit of work to actually make it good. You need to put kind a of land in play. so...
0: Yeah, whereas both of the Archangel, you just need one or two creatures, and you start getting mm-hmm. some more out of it. Yeah, um, and I don't have any other good white-black utility lands, which is the... I mean, that's part. this is part of the problem about planning my cube, I need to realise that if I want to include card X... I mean, you could have card Y, and while X is fun, Y may not be. And I don't have the option to go out and buy, like, a card to replace Y to make it fun. Like, like Wolf Run, I don't know if I'd terribly mind, but World of the Archangel, I do not want. And I don't have another utility land, so that means, you know, I may have to also keep out Wolf Run. I mean, we'll see. So, what's next? For the cube? For my cube? Um well I've done I'm working on multi-color. I did white already. Um once I've got multicoloured I may start working on artifacts on land and just because that's those are the ones which are most interconnected, I feel.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'll work around that area and then I'll start working through the monocolors and then I'll have to start making the culls and see what size I'm going to get down to.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean is this the sort of thing you do on a spreadsheet or do you just lay all your cards
0: out and No, no, this is on a spreadsheet. I do not want to be pulling out (laughs) all
2: See, I always have them all laid out. Like, I like that one, I like that one. All on the floor. Spread. (laughs) That's the way I work. That's the way I work, buddy.
0: (laughs) I've mentioned before, collections. You get out of it what you put into it. Well, I know every single card I own. I know where every single card I own is.
2: So do I. I know where these things are. No, you can't just point at a
0: box and say it's somewhere in there.
2: Right, name a card. Any card.
0: Go on. Um, Night's Watch.
2: Night's Watch, I don't even know what that is.
0: It's from Gate Crash, it produced two, two, two Nights of Vigilance.
2: Oh, I've got some of those in a pile of ben Where's there. your Force of Oh, it's on the shelf. Kind of, I think it fell down the back of the shelf, actually, the other day. <laughs> it's, it's, it fell down the back of some folders. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm actually seriously, seriously considering restricting myself entirely to magical line play just to cut down on the amount of cardboard in my house. It's like a fire hazard.
0: <laughs> you know? See, I, I I'm completely organized. Like I know that two of my commander decks are hundred card decks and I know where all the cards are taken out the other two commander decks are. Well are I know a exactly a special which snowflake, Craig? I am a special snowflake. <laughs> So no, I'm not. I'm not actually pulling these out, laying them out. I'm just. I'm looking through Magic info. Like I, I use that as. That's the only place I look at cards because I find it a lot quicker than Gapper and a lot better to use. Mm. And it gives you Gapper info, so it's fine. Um. So I'm just literally looking through the list of cards, and I know I've, I've got a vague idea of what I've got. And if there's a card that I like to look of, I just double check if it's in my collection or not. And um. Yeah, that's how I'm going through it. So cool. Cool. Do you want me to talk about my white collection? Um, so far, it- or.
2: Um, you can do, if that's what you want to do, Craig, can you talk uh, a little bit about
0: it. I mean, I'll say, um the two main archetypes I'm going for are the token-producing cards and knights, because for some reason apparently I've got a lot of knights. So yeah, I there figured... There are
2: a lot of knights. There are yeah, a lot
0: of them. So I figured I'd try and make that work, because I'm pretty sure I've got, I've got, um the Joe deck knights. Mm. And there's quite a few of those who, like, say, uh, other knights you control gain stuff. So yeah, there are a yeah. few night lords in there. Yeah, uh,
2: there there's there's one that no, when the it, it gave all nights indestructible. I can't remember what it was. It was that
0: Yeah, that is what's that called again. I've got it in here somewhere. I just need to find it. Let's see. Artist Jason, Type Chan. Night Exemplar. Yeah,
2: that's him. Yeah. Her even, yeah. I
0: think it was Yeah it? it is. Uh yep, she's from Magic twenty eleven, also in Nights Knights Earth, Dragon. Mm-hmm. And, Yep. She gives uh other knights you control plus one plus one and indestructible and very pretty art. Cool. So yes, uh, she's yeah, she's one of my lords. I'm pretty sure there's other knights from Knights vs. Dragon Dragons that give bonuses like each knight has first strike or each knight has double strike or stuff like that. And also in general, like the individual knights do tend to stand up on their own. Mm.
1: Stuff
0: like Black Knight, uh, uh not Black Knight, White Knight, um is it Black Knight? I can't remember. Anyway, there are knights and they will work together and they also stand on their own, which is fine. Yeah. Although, this does somewhat commit you to a mono-white strategy because a lot of them are double-white, that the but I'm aware of that. Which yeah. Is why, which is why my other mono-white strategy, which is the token producers, there is room for it to be in other colours. So if you want to stretch into Celesnia I've already picked up some slicing cards to populate. I'll probably have some green cards which can produce tokens and populate. So there's a uh, archetype there across the two colors.
2: Yeah, I mean that's something I had to modify my cube uh, after a few test runs was that a lot of the flight cards, especially, were double costed and it made them a little bit inflexible. Yeah. You know, so just something to be aware of. It does make it a little bit harder to draft them.
0: Yeah, that's Isn't true. I mean, I, I'm, the Knights is, it's definitely a mono white strategy. Yeah. Um, and there's, and I've made sure there's enough quantity and quality in there that if, if you want to draft that, us, you know, it should work out reasonably well for you.
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: like, in my you've got Fight Knight. He's in there because, like I say, he was cool. He's a classic. He deserves a place, you know? He, he, uh, but other than that, I tried to avoid other double Whites. So I think I, mean, I had a I had a few other things in there that were, that were decent, but I think the I was to stay true to my sort of the, the, the coolness mm-hmm. of of the fight night compared to whatever it was that was in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I also have started working on a uh, archetype across all of the colors. Any guess what an all the colors strategy could be? An archetype. An archetype, a creature-based archetype specifically. Across old
2: progenitus.
0: Well, progenitus is more of a creature.
2: <laughs> uh, sunburst. No. Uh... A creature type. A oh, creature type. Uh, slivers.
0: Yes. Cool. I'm going to have slivers in the cube. I've got. I've got the. Um... Premium deck series slivers. I happen to buy the slivers uh, starter deck during Time Spiral.
1: Uh-huh. So I
0: should have enough slivers. I mean, if somebody wants to try to go for multicolor slivers, I'm not sure if there's the quantity yet, so I may end up cutting it when I do my culls. But I'm trying to support it, so if people want to try slivers, yeah. it's hopefully going to be there. Because slivers are cool.
2: Yeah. So are you going to be having quite a lot of different tribal themes running through?
0: Um, I guess White Knights is tribal, I guess slivers is tribal, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not blue tribal. What is tribal and blue? I mean, blue's probably just a little Merfolk? Point. I don't have the quantity of merfolk. Mm. So, again, I... Can't, Homerids! You get Homerids! Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't. I, I'm pretty sure, I don't <laughs> ooh, have ooh, merfolk. Homoculi! There will probably be... I will... One thing I'm probably going to have in blue. Spoiler alert. Mill? I am a fan. Yeah. And with Demir, it will probably be a blue-black mill sort of strategy, but I think, yeah. I think for blue, you can expect fun spells because I really like blue and I like fun and uh mill because I like mill. Even though yeah. I've never actually got it to work, but
1: like in my,
2: in my cube, mill isn't particularly a strategy, but there are cards that do it. So, like, there's a, I believe there's a chase architect thought. Is that, no, that's that, no, not. no, he's not, he's not mill. The memory adept, killed. yeah. I think I've got memory adept and I've got a sort of body of mind. So both of those are cards which can mill you to death in short order, but it's not what you'd call an actual mill archetype because it's just like you'd have a blue control deck or a deck which has some evasive guy, and it's Mm. just another way of winning. But it's not like a lot of different cards which have synergy together to make a mill archetype, you know. It's just a couple of cards that do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was, I'm probably, like, like, this is one of the things I think I almost ask everyone when i bought to do their cube. Is Mill supported? Because if I can, I'd really love to do it. Like, I know Mill possibly not the best strategy, but I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna make sure I supported my cube because everybody can to answer <laughs> no.
2: How <laughs> uh, many, uh, what was that card code? The uh, Mind, uh...
0: Mine.
2: Grind? Oh, no, not Mind Grind. Mine. Sculpt. You put mine. Sculpt in, Craig. Do you remember the mine Sculpt debate?
0: I do. <laughs>
2: Is it in or not?
0: Is we'll see not? when I cover blue. <laughs> and that's all I'm saying for now.
2: Oh, Psychic Spiral should be in, that was cool.
0: We'll see, I mean, I, I, I could rattle off cards, but I mean... Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm getting excited now. Well,
0: 135 white <laughs> cards, do you want me to really rattle through them? No, Actually, not really, no. One thing possibly, I'm not quite sure if we covered this or not, but note that spells that create creatures Probably should count as creatures. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I was looking at my list now and I just realized that I've got like Gather the Townsfolk is a creature spell. Spectral pr- procession and lingering souls are creature spells. Increasing devotion is a creature spell. Sure, it all says instant or sorcery, but no, they create creature tokens, they create creatures, it's a creature spell. Yeah. Yeah. Entreat the angels is not in here, so I think that's a bit unfun. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, So
2: yeah, you gotta speak careful how you how you, um balance the power levels, isn't it? Because, I mean, just saying something's a rare or mythic isn't necessarily saying it's powerful, or saying that it's a common doesn't necessarily mean it's not powerful. You know? So, let's probably don't look at the, the actual rarities
0: too closely. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't underestimate, um the wild knacktowel. That's a bloody common. No, yeah. <laughs> but it's a 3-3 three, three, for one. And it doesn't need the boros elite. I need to attack, sort of thing going on. You just need to play. uh I also. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's that's sort of an update on where my cube is at the moment, and I guess an idea of what white is doing. Um, I guess we'll, we'll come back to that later. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to it, buddy. Looking forward to it. Cool. I'm looking forward to building and uh, playing it, but that may be a little while off. Yeah. I think we may be done.
2: I think you may be right
0: okay then well in which case uh, thank you everyone for listening remember if you want to get in touch with us you can do via Tumblr, Facebook, Gmail and Twitter your host for this week from me Craig and you Steve that's me the intro notes to music is by Kevin MacLeod the name of the song is a cannery and blog free music licensed under the Creative Commons by Tributation 3.0